today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Jericho was steeped in all kinds of demonic practices. Their fate had already been sealed. God always gives people time to repent. The Amorites, 400 years, God gave them to repent. Their fate was sealed, their heart was hardened, their mind was already made up. And so now judgment would come, but it would take faith mixed with action. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Everyone gets to the end of their rope eventually. Someone's pushed you too far, one too many times, and you have to cut them out of your life. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that while God's rope has an end too, he's much slower to get there. He's not going to turn his back on you, but you have to put your faith into action. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. It's not a blind faith, it's an intelligent faith. It's trusting God, taking God at His Word. It's not this, hey, I'm just, I'm going to step out in faith. Wait a minute. Why? Oh, because God promised me in His Word. God said in His Word. God commanded me in His Word. Now i got to put feet to my faith. Because otherwise, like James also says, I'm only a hearer of God's Word and not a doer. Because I didn't take action. I didn't mix action with that faith. See, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But that faith is of no value to you if you don't accompany it with action, with deeds. It's dead. It's like the body without the Spirit. It's dead. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. It's a body. It's dead. If the Spirit's in the body, if the deeds are mixed with the faith, then it's alive. But faith without action, faith without works, faith without deeds is dead. Show me your faith by your actions, because actions speak louder than words. Now let's talk about these problems. (laughs) Let's address them. Let's resolve them, actually. The first problem is in verse 30, and it's when it makes absolutely no sense at all. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most difficult times for us to mix our faith with action, this would have to be it. It's in those times when the faith that requires action makes no sense at all. In fact, not only does it not make any sense, it almost seemingly contradicts everything up around me, everything I've known, everything I've been told. And such was the case for the Israelites. Now, we know the account of what happened. I don't like to call it a story because then it makes it almost sound fictional. A story. Not even a, based on a true story. No, it is a true story. 
This actually happened exactly like it's recorded for us in God's Word. Can you imagine getting these marching orders? So the Lord, and by the way, it's the Lord Himself, a Christophany, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus. That's important. You're going to see why. This is Jesus who is commanding Joshua to have them march around Jericho every day with the priests and the Ark of the Covenant. And then on the seventh day, they're to march seven times. Okay, I, I'm Joshua. The Lord just told me, this is your marching orders. I've got to go tell them, this is how we're going to take Jericho. We're just going to walk around and march around the city every day, and then on the seventh day we're going to march around seven times, and then God's going to deliver Jericho into our hands. You know, Joshua, I know it's, you know, Moses' shoes or sandals are big sandals to fill, and you've been under a lot of pressure lately, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you didn't hear God correctly. That, no way. Are you kidding me? I mean, first of all, we're told not to ever have the priests be on the battle line. So that's a problem, number one. Problem number two, we're never to take the Ark of the Covenant into battle. This can't be God, number two. How about this one, number three? Um, We're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. And you're telling us that we're going to march on the Sabbath, the seventh day, seven times? That can't be the Lord. That doesn't make any sense. It contradicts everything we were told. Ah, that's where Jesus comes in. Because you see, Jesus fulfills the law. Jesus fulfills the Sabbath. Jesus fulfills the priestly role as the high priest, our high priest. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Ark of the Covenant. That settles it. That resolves it. Still going to require some faith. Can you imagine? You're walking around this city with walls that some believe were about 30 feet high. And you know what else they're told in their marching orders? When you're marching around the city, not a word. No talking smack, no talking stink, no nothing. Completely silent. Well, that's an interesting detail. Again, it's not what you say, it's what you do. Your actions are speaking so loud, and no words. I want them to see your actions. Because you've got to know, and then we're going to see this in a moment, that the people in Jericho, in fact, were told as much, were paralyzed in fear. That's the only explanation that I can come up with, because they would have had a week on the top of those walls, wide enough to have houses in them, because, by the way, (laughs) that's where Rahab lived. Her place was in the wall. Talk about location, location, location. That's the worst place to be right now. But she still gets saved. But that's a wide wall if you got a house in that wall, 30 feet high, and you're marching around this city. And you know how they say when you're, especially those of you that have a fear of heights, don't look down. 
I'm thinking like if I'm one of the Israelites, don't look up. Because <laughs> the more I look up at those walls, it's like the taller they get. And they're going to come down? And oh, by the way, this is all by faith. Because I don't find anywhere in the narrative where Joshua tells the Israelites what's going to happen. I think when those walls came down, the Israelites were just as shocked as those in, in Jericho. They were only told to march. March around the city. Would have taken them probably the better part of the day. So they march around. Not a word. Don't say a word. This would have been so hard. I would have been probably kicked out of the march because I'm like, you mean I can't talk? I can't say anything? Nope. I don't know if I can do that. Well then you can't march, (laughs) but then you're not part of this. You're going to march. No words, only action. And you're marching around the city, day one. Go back. Okay, we did it. Wake up in the morning, march around the city. Okay, we did it. Day three, day four, day five, day six. Now it's the seventh day, the Sabbath. And they do it seven times. And then they shout. And then the walls were told, very detailed, fell flat. They were like pulverized flat right there. Where I come from, they call that a miracle. Uh, How did that happen? Maybe better ask, why did that happen? Because they literally put feet to their faith. Every step they took, one foot forward by faith, not just one day, seven days, and seven times on the seventh day, that's faith, and then God did it. How? Why? Because they mixed faith with actions. They put one foot in front of the other, trusting God, even though it made absolutely no sense at all. And by faith, they just took God at His word. God said it, let's do it. No discussion, no debate. And God honored it. God's pleased by faith. We know that without faith it's impossible to please God. That's how they took this city. And make no mistake about it, Jericho was steeped in all kinds of demonic practices. Their fate had already been sealed. God always gives people time to repent. The Amorites, 400 years, God gave them to repent. Their fate was sealed, their heart was hardened, their mind was already made up. And so now judgment would come, but it would take faith mixed with action. Here's a thought. Maybe God wants to bring down walls in your life. You've been praying and praying and praying, but now He wants you to put feet to that faith. You know, there's one account, I uh, can't remember chapter and verse, but it's when Moses is like crying out to the Lord, praying during the Exodus. And can you imagine that God actually tells Moses, stop praying? No, God tells him to stop praying and get moving. You know, sometimes I I think we, well, I'm, I'm still praying about it. Really? Okay. 
See ya. Wouldn't want to be. I got some marching to do. Got some walls to come down. Stop praying and get moving. Put feet to that faith. You want that wall to come down? You need to mix faith with action and then watch what God's going to do. But you have to do something. Now, (laughs) I could just imagine, I don't know the numbers, there's much in the way of speculation as far as the numbers of the Israelites at this time, but it's quite a number of, of Israelites. But if I'm there, I'm like, you know what? I got my folding chair over here. I'm just going to tailgate this thing. You guys go ahead and let me know, because I can't talk, and I I don't want to get in trouble. So um, I'm going to sit there, but I'm not going to be a part of that which God desires to do, God has promised to do, and that which God will do, if I would but put feet to my faith. Now, this next one in verse 31 sort of dovetails into trusting the Lord by faith, no matter what, especially when it makes no sense. But how about when it comes at a cost? This is verse 31. This is, to me, one of the most fascinating accounts in all of Scripture. Because prior to this marching around Jericho, Joshua sent two spies into Jericho, covert, undercover, to kind of check it out first. So just to kind of blend in and mix in, what do they do when they first get inside Jericho as visitors, travelers? They go to a prostitute, which is what someone would do that was traveling and visiting and inside Jericho. So they wanted to blend in, and so they ended up at this house of prostitution, and it just so happened to be this Rahab. Now this is why it's so important and why I would really encourage you to go back into Joshua and and read the account, the detailed account of what happened. You know what she tells them? She said, "Um, we heard about you guys. Oh, you did? Yeah. We heard about how God parted the Red Sea for you guys. You heard about that? That was like 40-some years ago, man. You heard about that? Yeah. That was a long time ago. We also heard about the crossing of the River Jordan, because see, we were impenetrable. There's nobody that could ever conquer us, if for no other reason, not just because of our walls, but because of the River Jordan. And apparently we heard about your God taking care of the River Jordan so you could pass over the River Jordan, and we heard you were coming. And i got to tell you guys, uh, all of Jericho is paralyzed in fear. And I believe in your God. And I believe that your God has given you this land. So they're like, okay, we got a friend here. <laughs> you got a friend. Anyway, so... Just want to make sure you're still with me. So she starts, and again, the the detail and the narrative is so important. She starts pleading with them. We know you're going to take the city. It's just a matter of time. She doesn't know how. She doesn't know when. She doesn't know the way. She just knows that by faith. So she puts her faith in their God and makes them promise 
to save her and her family. She pleads for the salvation of not only herself, but her family. She said, I will hide you if you'll save me. Now listen, Rahab, we really appreciate that, but you understand that if you're found out, it could cost you your life. I know, but I'm going to do it anyway. By faith, I'm going to take action, and I'm going to hide you. But you have to promise me, give me your word, that you will bring salvation to my house. And now in the Middle Eastern culture, that's how the home, the family is referred to. In fact, in the Arab culture, it's Dar Abu Hani, Dar Abu Elias, the house of the father of Elias. That's how they would refer to my family, my house, the house of. So my house, my whole house is saved. You promise, you give me your word. And they give her their word. Yes, we will save you and all of them in your house. But you have to do something. You have to take action. Say what it is. Just name it. I'll do it. Okay. You're going to take a scarlet thread or rope, and you're going to hang it outside your window, so we'll know that that part will not be destroyed. That's faith. And get this, this is where it gets really interesting. So the prostitutes in that day would paint the bottom of their windowsill red. That's where we get the modern day term, the red light district. That's the way you knew that was the place of a prostitute. So you've got this red windowsill, and now she's going to take a red rope, and she's going to put it outside that window, that would be in the shape of a cross, wouldn't it? Does that sound similar to the Passover? Where they would take the lamb that they inspected, found without blemish for four days, and take a hyssop branch when they slayed that lamb, and put it on the top, and there was a basin at the bottom, and the left and the right, in the shape of a cross, so that the angel of death would pass over them, and they would be saved. So she puts this scarlet rope out of her window. You've got the red and the red in the shape of a cross. So here's her place in the wall. That's the last place you'd want to be. That's the most dangerous place to be, and yet she's saved. To me, that speaks to how it is that God can save anyone, anywhere, anyhow, at any time. From the guttermost to the uttermost, as it's been said. When those walls came down, her house with that scarlet rope was saved. Her whole house was saved by faith, mixed with the action of putting this scarlet rope out there. Can you put those together? That's why she was saved. And she did all of this knowing full well that if she were found out, she's done. It's game over. They would have killed her if they had found out about her. 
I think I'd be grossly remiss if I didn't address yet another problem, because there's a lot said about, well, wait a minute, pastor, I mean, she lied, didn't she? Okay. Couple thoughts. First of all, she's not saved yet. Her salvation comes when the walls come down. This is all she knows how to do. The reason I point that out is because I think we do err greatly when we expect non-believers to act like believers. They don't have the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. And we're so incensed in our piety and, you know, spiritual pride, and I can't believe that they would. They're not saved. And if you want to really be honest with yourself, how did you act before you got saved? This is what you did. And don't you also find it interesting that the writers would include the detail? And I mean, if it's me, I would like to not be referred to as a prostitute because I got saved. Couldn't you at least say former prostitute? (laughs) Why do I point that out? Because think about this. When you go through the Gospels, what do you see? Who's Jesus the most attracted to? Prostitutes. How about that woman at the well? You think a guy would be caught dead talking to her? In fact, she's stunned. She's like, you're not supposed to talk to me. What are you doing? And he starts engaging in this conversation with this Samaritan woman. And by the time he's done talking with her, she gets saved. And then to include this, I'm going to say it, former prostitute in the genealogy of the Savior of the world? Aren't you glad though? Now think this through with me. What if the genealogy of the Savior of the world was just, I mean, this list of who's who? Wow, he comes from that lineage. Aren't you glad there's people like you and me? Because we're all Rahab, we're all Tamar, we're all Perez. How about Judah? I mean, (laughs) 12 sons, and you're going to pick Judah to bring the Savior of the world from? I wouldn't have done that. I would think for sure, Joseph, come on. But Judah? In fact, you know what's really interesting? Judah was the one at the helm of the betrayal of their brother Joseph when they sold him for pieces of silver. Judah, Judas, the betrayal of his brother for pieces of silver. It'd be a foreshadow. Aren't you glad it's Judah? Because if it's Joseph, then we're in deep kimchi. That's all I'm going to say. Because if it's Joseph and the like that is in the genealogy of the Christ, then uh, I don't think I'm going to measure up. But it's not. This guy's like Judah. This guy was not a good guy. This guy was a a problem child, if I can say it like that. And God chose to bring the Savior from the tribe of Judah? 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth. Oh,